Hey everybody, Dan here. Welcome to Grimdark Battle Station, the sci-fi politics show by nerf herders for nerf herders. Fine trade. Nothing wrong with nerf herders. Sure, they might be a little bit smelly, but they feed the entire galaxy. And I think it shows you a lot about the type of people that were running the rebellion that Princess Leia used it as an insult. And that's what the topic this week is about. The average Joe in Star Wars. Sure, we've got heroes, epic battles, and space wizards, but what about the majority of the galaxy? What about the jobs the average non-space wizard like you and me could aspire to hold? Of course, it goes without saying that we have a better view of the Star Wars universe than most of the people in the Star Wars universe, and we can add a couple of conditions to this to make it a bit easier for us to have a good life. First of all, we're going to know all about the political cycles of boom and bust of Empire Republic that are going to happen every 20 years or so. Second, we know all about the rigged economic system. We understand the fact that any job that pays any sort of salary is probably controlled by very, very rich and powerful people who control the value of all goods and services everywhere in the entire galaxy. And finally, we're going to assume we don't want to die and we understand all the different ways that we can die. In this political system then, where there are monarchies and republics, democracies, authoritarian military dictatorship, large-scale weapons proliferation, a tightly controlled economy, and a galaxy-spanning war every 20 years or so, we've got to figure out where we fit in the human race, the most widely spread and powerful species, and how best we can not die and live a relatively nice life. So the first job we're going to have is as a regional bank employee, because who wants to be a bank manager in a world of space lasers? Absolutely no one. But you have to remember that this is 1980s era tech all throughout Star Wars. Everything is relatively analog, despite the fact that it's more advanced than ours. Working for a regional bank would be pretty straightforward. And chances are it's going to be either agricultural or colonial in nature. Remember when we talk about the Galactic Empire, there's about 70 times more colonies or puppet states than there are actual member worlds. Chances are you'll end up on some smaller, less densely populated outpost of the galaxy. And that means having to give loans to the local community for, I don't know, farm equipment or transport equipment, take deposits, manage credit flows and safety deposit boxes. And fair enough, it's a relatively boring job and you probably need some form of formal education like college or different languages to get a role. But day to day, it's going to be pretty straightforward. You might have the angry farmer from time to time, but it's going to be low frequency, stable loans. You're going to count money, have to work with numbers and use a primitive computer. It's, it's not a big deal. And it's very safe. Because normally, being an isolated representative of a bank surrounded by angry farmers would seem dangerous. But remember that Star Wars has a very stable colonial mindset. Mega corporations, the banking clan, the empire, all of these things back up their exploitation with tremendous amounts of force. Chances are, if you work for a small regional bank, that bank is owned by someone incredibly powerful. It would be like the United States government backing a bank in a small European city, 
and the local population actually thinking they could try to mess with those US government-backed employees. It just wouldn't happen, right? Everybody is packing, fair enough, but so are you, and you might have some droids or very dangerous security with you at the same time. In terms of your freedom, it's probably limited. We don't see a lot of intergalactic leisure travel in Star Wars, although those ships do exist and I'm sure the rich people do go on them. But you're likely going to be stuck on a small planet with maybe systemic level vacations or something like that. And you'll be free in the planetary sense, but you're unlikely to be free in the galactic sense. You're going to have to work where the corporation tells you to work. You're going to be a corporate drone. You might be provided housing. You'll get vacation, but you'll be under some form of social control. You will have to tow the corporate line and be an insignificant peon in a giant galactic commercial enterprise. But on a day-to-day, you will be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. And that's good because money-wise and lifestyle-wise, you'll have a comparative advantage over everybody you live with. You'll be comparatively wealthy and objectively poor. Because it's worth noting before we talk about any other jobs, all jobs in Star Wars are dirt-poor jobs when you have people who have wealth amassed in the quadrillions. You're in the bottom 1% of humanity if you aren't a multi-multi-millionaire. So we'll say if credits are like dollars, you're earning 40k a year and you lose half that to taxes and company fees. But what you get to do is live out your days on Dantooine, driving around the plains and the lake country in your used beige Toyota land speeder. The Republic, the Empire, the First Order, the Final Order, none of them really care about you, although Leia is willing to throw you under the bus to save Alderaan. So you're probably going to have to deal with, like, small garrison forces or corporate security forces, and generally speaking, they'll be on your side. So it's a 7 out of 10 career, it's mundane, but it's livable. Not poor, but not particularly wealthy. Another job that will make you a boatload of money is to be a machinist for the galactic military-industrial complex. If you went to a galactic college technical institute and studied some sort of mechanical engineering any time from 25 years before the battle of yavin to 50 years after the battle of yavin you likely had somebody for senior fleet systems or the income corporation come to your career fair and offer you access to a graduate program weapons manufacturers in star wars are just like those on earth they need a constant supply of fresh minds to help them develop new ways to kill people more efficiently With convenient constant war, and a scale that would put Lockheed Martin to shame, there will need to be people to design, build, and test all across the galaxy. Your job will probably be to oversee the machining of parts that go into something like, a, say, a turbo laser. And effectively, you're only going to be doing quality assurance, because manual labor will probably be done by slaves, or it will be droid labor. And that makes the job pretty stress-free, although it's quite technically difficult. Structural integrity, required precision levels, quotas, etc. You'll also have to deal with all that stuff. But at the same time, the technology is quite analog and droid supported for things like heavy lifting or precision cutting. Chances are, the tool that you train on is also the tool that your father and your grandfather trained on because they hold back innovation on purpose in Star Wars, right? Technological progress is a swear word in that galaxy, right? They've they've had blasters for thousands and thousands of years and still haven't got the next tier of weaponry. The one thing that might be an issue, though, is the political aspect. You're going to have to pretend to care and be a good little foot soldier for the Empire or whoever you're building the weapons for. You're going to have to have a very 
quote unquote normal life, not step out of line, not get yourself in any compromising positions. You're going to have to be a very good company man. But the compensation for that is you are incredibly safe. You make weapons for the empire. Your happiness is important and your physical safety is even more important. Sure, you might have to deal with the odd rebel or terror attack, but overall you're very safe unless you got picked to work on special black projects, which we see ends up with you getting executed on a landing platform. So, so far so good, right? Except for the fact that you have no freedom. None. You're going to work where you're told to work, and you and your family are going to be held hostage in a gilded cage. Luxury, yes. Freedom, no. Your lifestyle will definitely be upper middle class, and you're going to make 100,000 credits or more a year, not including perks. If you're in an isolated area, you're like a black site or something like that, or a remote testing location, you're probably not going to have the best life and access to all the amenities but in general you'll actually work on a developed world with all the th luxuries and things you can think of you're going to own an airspeeder you're going to have vacations to paradise moons maybe a semi-detached house in a gated community that's guarded by stormtroopers you can go do whatever pastimes you want buy all the latest 1980s tier gadgets probably give your kids a shot at getting into the imperial elite or the elite of whatever corporate society you live in you're unlikely to be harassed by local security forces. If you've ever known anybody or seen any movies about oil employees working in countries like Saudi Arabia, you'll understand exactly what this life is like. You do have to toe a more stringent political, social and ideological line though, because you can get executed quite easily. And if you are a very talented weapons designer and you have that knowledge in your brain, they're not going to let that brain walk out the door. Which, I suppose, on a ranking system would give it a solid 8 out of 10 if you can stomach the political aspect, but if you enjoy it and you want to be a shill, it's probably 10 out of 10 and an absolute perfect dream job. But that's not really for me. My dream job is the next job we're going to talk about, and that's being a droid mechanic. Because we all know that droids are cool. They're ubiquitous, and they're not the most reliable machines around, and they have silly personalities. And that's all probably by design. Being a droid mechanic means being at the cutting edge of droid maintenance and repair technology, such as dipping robots in oil, kicking R2 units in the shin, or throwing mouse droids against a wall. We would all diagnose, repair, source parts, build custom droids. You know, we're somewhere between a mechanic and a computer technician. Yes, it's a trade, so it's not easy. Usually there'll be long hours and you probably have to do some sort of technical training or apprenticeship, but you're going to be in at least moderate demand everywhere all across the galaxy. So you can pick an easy droid repair job if you really want to. Models, parts, repairs, all these things are going to be sourced from aftermarket producers controlled by the big corporations or the big corporations themselves there's probably only going to be four or five types of companies you can get a certain sprocket from for an or two unit it's 80s tier tech again depends on the level of sophistication of the droid you're working on its function and, and who you're working for but at the end of the day you're going to be buying a set type of product using it on a very well established model of droid and carrying out the same type of actions over and over and over again there's not going to be a huge shift you're not going to have to learn how to be an ev mechanic because you used to be a diesel mechanic that stuff's not going to happen 
It's also incredibly safe because aside from rogue droids or criminal networks you're working for not liking you anymore, nothing's really going to happen, right? You're just you're just a droid repairman, a droid mechanic. Sure, if you lose the Galactic Geographic Lottery, you might end up in some hellhole planet where you can't build yourself up. But if we're talking median, you're going to end up with an ability to travel, an ability to make money, an ability to live away from civilization, and of course, the ability to use droids for all the things droids are good for. And especially in safety's terms, you can build your own heavily armed bodyguards, and that seems to be totally fine. You seem to be able to just wander around anything outside the mid-rim, like packing a tremendous amounts of heat, so why not? And that's why it gives you the most freedom of anything we've talked about so far. You have a trade that is in demand everywhere outside the core and the mid-rim. You know, it is in demand in those places, but it's probably oversaturated and you can't get as much freedom or make the big books like you'd want to. But places with sparse populations or colonial politics or places that have an oligopoly on parts or something like that, those are going to be good places to be. You don't have to be tied to a big corporation or the military. You're going to have access to everything droids can do from security to transport to entertainment to home defense or construction. You're going to be able to procure all of these machines a lot cheaper and customize them for yourself better than other normal people can, which will give you an advantage if you ever want to do anything else with your life. And that life's going to be pretty stable no matter what. You're usually always going to have access to a job with relatively good money. To make big, big bucks, you'll have to niche down and that requires exposing yourself to hazards or non-ideal living conditions. I'm sure you could go work on an asteroid belt, be totally safe, but you're going to be spending months at a time fixing mining equipment, and that might not be for everyone. And that's a coin toss what environment you'll be born into. You could be born on an agri-world or an agricultural planet and just be fixing air speeders or moisture evaporators or whatever for your entire life, or you could be born in a choking industrial city planet that's just horrible. The median, the average in Star Wars contains hundreds of possibilities that are completely alien to each other just because of the sheer scale of everything. But if you have aptitude for the work and you're flexible, then a comfortable life is is waiting for you. You're going to have all the tools you need to succeed in whatever industry you want to succeed in. And the key thing is that geographic flexibility lets you make sure you're relatively far away from all the space wizards if you need to be. You don't have to get involved in galactic politics. You can just cash your check and go home. Which is exactly what shuttle pilots do. They cash their checks and they go home. And I understand we all want to be Han Solo. We want access to the entire galaxy at large. We want that freedom to do those daring missions. We want a kick-ass spaceship and we want a Wookiee best friend. But that also comes with law enforcement entanglement, drug cartels and laser shootouts and more likely than not, dying an early death. But you can fly through space without getting frozen and used as a decoration by a slug. You just fly some form of shuttle. You're effectively a space bus driver or a space last mile delivery trucker. Shuttles move things within system, but many have hyperdrives. So you'd ferry cargo between the ground and orbit or between nearby planets or moons or maybe you take a couple of couple of days trip out in hyperspace to get people or cargo where it needs to go. 
that effectively means you have to know how to take off and land and chill out in your spaceship for a couple of days at a time when it's traveling through hyperspace in a straight or a bendy line. You don't have to brave the vast expanse of general space, but you are a space pilot flying through the galaxy. And like trucking and busing in real life, it's it's not easy. It is a skill set that takes a lot of time. It's not just like driving a car. There are lots of aspects to it. The atmospheric flight aspect is probably going to be terrifying and very difficult. You'll be flying something that weighs 40 tons at a couple of hundred miles an hour off the surface of a planet. But from appearances, you don't have to be a jet pilot. You have to be just somewhat more than a regular driver. In theory, that means you could do a couple of taxi trips a week and make a decent living. You got to take off and land two times a week, and that's all you really got to do. And pirates notwithstanding, it's going to be generally safe within the system or between systems that are close together. Shuttle traffic isn't going to go between systems that are incredibly dangerous unless you're living in the outer rim and that's the type of shuttle pilot you want to be, in which case you've you've made a wrong choice somewhere along the line. And the quality of the shuttles might vary from fantastic things that can travel large distances, have shields and great blasters, and the legality of the work you're doing might change too. But it's safe if you're an established employee or if you're an owner-operator that's flying around established trade routes. It gets a lot more dangerous if you go out to wild space, but so does any one of these careers we talk about. And if you're an owner-operator, well, you have the most freedom of any career we're going to talk about on this episode of Grimdark Battle Station. You have unlimited access to everywhere in the galaxy. You can fly wherever you want. You can take whatever jobs you want, whatever cargo you want. The world and the galaxy is your oyster. If Obviously, if you're an employee for a trucking or a busing company, not so much. And, you know... You do have to go where the job tells you to go, whether that's as an employee or as a contractor. But if you wanted to explore the galaxy far, far away and not get blown to smithereens, this is probably the best way to go about doing it. Especially because it's going to be what you make it. There's a huge variation in money and lifestyle. Think about it driving any vehicle or piloting or captaining any vehicle here on Earth. Large variations in money. You can make... 25k a year you can make 250k a year the only common thing is there's going to be a lot of travel and a lot of time in space you're going to spend a lot of time away from your loved ones and in stressful situations and it can also be incredibly dangerous that's the downside but you could still live a middle class life and have the most freedom on the list be in space pay the bills not get disintegrated or turned into carbonite Hell, there's probably areas of space where you could smuggle some contraband and never ever get caught. It really is a complete sandbox. And only loses out for me to be an droid mechanic, because as a droid mechanic, I'd be able to have my own super battle droids follow me around and say funny things. The final career we're going to talk about is the one that this episode is named after, and that is the noble and non-scruffy profession of being a nerf herder. In fact, it's the most noble profession in the galaxy. You're a shepherd for space buffalo. You wander the plains with foul-smelling but harmless beasts, and you farm them for milk, meat, and leather. You are, literally, by definition, a space cowboy. And you're also doing one of the most difficult jobs in the entire galaxy. 
you're a shepherd. That's exhausting outdoor work with effectively no gap in hours. Mentally, you have to be switched on, and it is less technically difficult than any of the other jobs on the list, but you have to be able to do a lot of things for a long time and keep a lot of dumb animals safe. It also requires having shootouts with the occasional predator and or nerf rustler. Sure, you'll be safe from the nerf because they're particularly harmless animals, but you'll be exposed both to the environment and threats outside. You, you might have a speeder bike or an airspeeder or something cool, you'll definitely have a blaster and maybe you'll have a droid to help you, but at the end of the day, you're going to be a man or a, a group of people out on their own in the wilderness for long periods of time. So you're free and you're not free. You get to roam the open plains, but you do go where the herd goes. You have to go where the herd goes or you lose your livelihood. One thing you definitely are free from is the crackpot galactic politics that take place in this universe. Nerf herders are usually not even considered as a political entity. You're likely free from outright oppression, um, and the rigged economy benefits you in a way, right? Because the price of Nerf is pr and Nerf products is probably tightly controlled and you can make a, a decent living from it, but it's always going to be relatively decent. You know, unless you're a rancher, in which case all the other positives about freedom, etc. no longer apply to you because you're a businessman who has to do a lot of political and social engineering and activity on that end. You are maybe going to work for someone or you're going to have at most a small herd of nerfs, you know, make artisanal nerf ice cream or be the salt bay of nerf steak, whatever it is. But it's going to be suf sufficient for you to live the lifestyle you want to lead in a low cost of living area because all these areas are going to be quite rural and underdeveloped. But chances are you won't be the richest person on this list. Probably not be the poorest and the nerf will take up most of your time. Your lifestyle will have to be quite quiet and rugged. There's not a whole lot of flashing space lights. But if you don't like people in society and the idea of being in a galaxy full of quadrillions of weird random aliens and space Nazis is scary to you, well then it's an amazing job. In fact, it's the best job in the universe. Which is something I absolutely love about the Star Wars universe. We talked about five different careers with which you could easily see five different TV shows, books, audio dramas or movies be made that are interesting, engaging, and entertaining. You could have an entire TV show about some nerf herders. You could have somewhat of a Star Wars comedy set in a small galactic bank, or maybe a financial crime thriller or something. All of these things can happen, and you can name another 100 to 200 different careers that might exist in the galaxy that you could say the same thing for. And I think Disney should say the things for those, right? We saw in Andor, we had an entire, actually we had two entire civilizations, one which was a pastoral, effectively nerf herding civilization when they did the Aldani heist, and then the people on Ferrix were all uh, salvage workers. They all had flavor and contributed to the story in meaningful and impactful ways, and they were all just average working people. And that's really exciting, because if you play tabletop role-playing games or you write or record a podcast or write audio dramas or anything like that 
you can take something in Star Wars and run with it for as long as you want, so long as you're passionate about it, and it will be valid and interesting and entertaining. And that's why I love the average Joe stories in Star Wars. Yeah, of course I love the Jedi and the space wizardry and all that cool shit. That's amazing. But I also love how all the steel workers or the salvage workers on Ferrix hang up their gloves and the type of work they do and the type of political system they have and their own little society that they built up. All that stuff is super cool. Boring and mundane if you think about it as a normal person. You're just seeing how an industrial town has its own quirks. You wouldn't be interested in that in your own reality, but it becomes incredibly interesting when you put it in space. So at the end of that mini rant, we're at the end of the episode. I'd like to thank you for listening, as always. And if you'd like to give us uh, a review on any podcast app that you use, reach out to us on Twitter or Reddit at the underscore GTBS on both platforms. And because it's Star Wars month, we'll be back at the end uh, of May with uh, another episode flipping the script and stopping looking at the average Joes and going to do a deep dive on the Star Wars novel Canto Bite, which is effectively Las Vegas in space to see how the rich and the elite live in this system and maybe which one of those we want to be. Uh, I'm going to guess we want to be arms dealers, probably. So until then, remember to keep your hobbies fun and dumb, because if you don't, there'll be no nerf steak for you.